0: Hey, it's uh, Joe Maddalena, the host of Hollywood Treasure for On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV,
0: and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor
1: mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome once again to another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimmerak, and this is episode 134. And this, of course, is your weekly look into upcoming movies, remakes, sequels, TV and movie DVD releases, and our interview segment with someone from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, we have a guest who is the host of the Sci-Fi Channel's new show, Hollywood Treasures, which premieres October 27th. At 10 o'clock with back-to-back episodes, Joe Maddalena will be joining us in a few minutes, so stick around for that. He's going to talk about the show and all the fascinating Hollywood memorabilia he has found and auctioned over the years. Now, I'm not talking about just a few trinkets here. Joe has found and auctioned off such things as the original Superman suit suit. That George Reeves wore in the TV show *The Superman*, uh, also uh, the Cowardly Lion's costume from *The Wizard of Oz*, uh, the the Captain's chair from uh, *Star Trek*, the original *Star Trek* show that Kirk sat in, okay, in the USS Enterprise, and uh, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber—all sorts of stuff. He was responsible for auctioning uh, ABC's *Lost*. Memorabilia. Okay, all the stuff from the show, ABC auctioned it off. He was responsible. So, Joe has been around. He's done a lot of great things as far as finding memorabilia from Hollywood. And we're going to talk about all that. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. So, stick around for that. It's an amazing interview. You don't want to miss this one. And I also want to thank all our listeners around the world who each week listen to us. And, um, of course, Those of you who uh, have sent some nice emails, we appreciate that. I like reading those. And um, I'd also like to say hi to our listeners in China from the University of Science and Technology. Okay, we got a nice letter from them. Uh, And uh, thanks for listening. And also, uh, be sure to like us on Facebook if you're on Facebook. And we have a link right at the bottom of our homepage at www. OnScreenAndBeyond.com And that will take you right there to our Facebook page And if you have any suggestions for guests You can e- email them to us At feedback at com, And we'll see what we can do No telling what we'll be able to come across uh, With some of these guests But we'll see what we can do And this week, it's our annual look At the Hollywood movie season The preview for you So it uh, let you know what's coming your way This holiday season and let's get started right now with a look at remakes coming your way this holiday season in theaters. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond.
0: Please hang up and try again.
1: Remake madness. As far as this holiday movie preview season, it looks like a Red Dawn comes your way in a new remake of the 80s film that starred Patrick Swayze. The Wolverines are back and they're defending our country and their town and freedom after a foreign invaders take over their town And you can look for that on November 24th. Also on November 24th, look for a retelling of Rapunzel in Disney's Tangled. And also, The Nutcracker gets a revamp on November 24th in The Nutcracker in 3D. And Helen Mirren will star in The Tempest. It's a new adaptation of Shakespeare's story on December 10th. And on December 17th, Yogi Bear comes your way. He's going to be making an appearance on the big screen. And on December 22nd, Jack black remakes gulliver's travels and on december 25th it looks like true grit rides into the scene once again but this time it's jeff bridges in the saddle that's about it for remakes coming away this holiday season coming up next on on screen and beyond we're going to be taking a look at upcoming movies something that's a little different right here on on screen and beyond And as far as upcoming movies coming your way this holiday season, and uh, these are movies that are... Uh, they're not remakes, they're not sequels, so they a new idea, I guess. And it looks like Megamind comes your way in theaters on November 5th. It's an animated feature with Will Ferrell. And uh, Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. Follows a man trying to get home to be with his wife for the birth of their child. And that comes your way also on November 5th. And on December 12th, it looks like Johnny Depp stars in The Tourist in a story filled with romance, intrigue, and danger. With Angelina Jolie. On December 3rd, Topher Grace and Anna Ferris star in Kids in America as they spend time at a wild weekend party. And November 24th, check out Burlesque with Christina Aguilera, Cher, and Stanley Tucci. That's about it for upcoming movies uh, this holiday season. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as sequels during the holiday season. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, it's Sequel City, and here we are looking at what's coming your way as far as sequels this holiday season, and of course, sequels never seem to stop. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part 1, arrives in theaters on November 19th, and The Chronicles of Narnia, The Voyage of the Dawn Traitor, it continues on December 10th. And Tron Legacy speeds into theaters on December 17th, and The Little Fockers, Continues the story of the Fockers with Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro on December twenty second. That's it for about uh, what's coming your way as far as sequels during the holiday movie preview here on On Screen and Beyond. And coming up next, you don't want to miss this. Our guest is Joe Maddalena, who's the host of the Sci Fi Channel's new show, which is going to be premiering on October twenty seventh with back to back episodes at ten and ten thirty. The show is called Hollywood Treasures. And Joe is—it's all about his attempt to look for the missing treasures, the the memorabilia that's out there that people don't might not even know that they have. Uh, and and it's a fascinating thing. Uh, he's going to be talking about all the things he's found and uh, all sorts of stuff. It's, it, you're just going to love this. It's next right here on on screen and beyond. <laughs> Today, my guest on On Screen and Beyond is someone who has the coolest job in Hollywood. He's the Indiana Jones of Hollywood memorabilia, searching far and wide for lost treasures from movies and TV shows. On Wednesday, October 27th, he has a new series debuting on the Sci Fi channel called Hollywood Treasures. It's Joe Maddalena. Joe, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, great. Joe, this show, it, I mean, On On Screen and Beyond, we're all about TV, movies, and things like that. And Treasures Like This is just a fascinating thing. And premiering on Wednesday, October 27th, uh, it's at 10 o'clock, correct? Yes, 10 o'clock. And you'll have another show at 10.30? Yes, two back-to-back half hours. Wow. And um, now, is this going to be the same way... Each week where they'll have two episodes? Yeah, two episodes. So every Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, um, we go uh, two half hours back-to-back. Wow. And how many episodes is it going to be? Twelve episodes. Twelve. Okay. And hopefully yeah. there'll be more because... We hope you know if you get people watching, there will be more. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I know the listeners, listeners of on-screen be beyond, uh, like this stuff. It's it's just fascinating, and um, I mean, I can go to you know places like uh, you know Planet Hollywoods or, or at, at Disney and, and look at the, the memorabilia they have in, in the different places they have, and it's, it's it, you got a great job. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's absolutely a lot of fun. Now, how did you get into doing
0: this? Um, I started a company 26 years ago called Profiles in History, Mm -hmm. and basically we sell historical documents, letters of Jefferson, Washington, Lincoln, Mozart, Beethoven. My parents were antique dealers, so I kind of went into this career. I always loved American literature, Dashiell Hammett, F. Scott Fitzgerald, William Faulkner. Early on, I realized that the greatest movies ever made were written by these great novelists, so as I got more and more interested in, you know, twentieth century literature, especially like Chandler and Fitzgerald and Hammett and stuff, I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much different the movies are from the books. I, I, you know I could watch the movies obviously, but I wanted to read the screenplays. I wanted to kinda of understand the process. So I started buying scripts. And I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what else I could find. And I started buying set photos and production art and costume designs and you know, I was buying these before Planet Hollywood existed. So you know, suddenly, you know, in the early 90s, people would come to my office and say, Wow, that is so neat. You have, you know, an Academy Award, or you have a Golden Globe, or you have this gorgeous costume sketch of Citizen Kane, or where did you get it? And I'm like, Wow, you know, I buy them and collect them. And in 96, Planet Hollywood did come on the scene, and I was fortunate to be one of the um, early uh, participants in their company and help them build their massive archive, and I work with them to this very day. Um, and um, I kind of decided that it would be a good time to jump in and start having auctions. And in 1996, I started having these Hollywood memorabilia auctions. We're the um, largest auction house in the world for Hollywood memorabilia, and we're the longest-running continuous auction house in the world for Hollywood memorabilia. For 14 years, we've done it you know, unbroken, so uh-huh. every single, you know, four to five times a year. So, Pretty consistent, and that's kind of how I got here.
1: Hmm. Now, with all the, the the stuff that you get, I mean, you, you must have an amazing amount of stuff. Do you? Is there ever any stuff that you say, "I don't want to get rid of this"? <laughs>
0: You know, it's really hard, um, you know, um, and that's the hardest thing, you know. People ask me that all the time, but, you know, if I were to keep everything, my customers wouldn't buy anything. Right. Because they'd be like, oh, he keeps <laughs> all the best stuff. So, I kind of keep things that are sentimental, like, you know, in my own personal collection, when my son was little, we went and saw Will Farrell's Elf, the movie, mm-hmm. and we loved Buddy the Elf, and it just happened at the time, New Line was having an auction, and the costume came up, so we bought that for like $800, so I owned Buddy's Elf costume, <laughs> and uh, Felix Silla, who is Tweaky and Buck Rogers was kind enough to sell us his Tweaky costume when my son was about seven years old so you know I keep things that are like sentimental to my life so Mm -hmm. if you came to my office it's in a pretty eclectic mix but everything I have kind of has a story attached to it so it might be like I have a great beautiful signed photo of Darth Vader on the wall but it's described to my son so you know it's like they're all like meaningful parts of our lives
1: yeah now now what is the most uh, expensive piece that you've ever found the most
0: expensive piece I've ever sold is the, sold, yeah. the Cowardly Lion costume from *The Wizard of Oz*. I sold that for over eight hundred thousand wow. uh, dollars. I've sold lots of things, you know, you know, for huge amounts of money. I mean, we we hold virtually every world record. I sold uh, Deckard's a gun from Blade Runner for $300,000, I sold a TIE Fighter from Empire Strikes Back for $475,000, an endoskeleton from Terminator 2 for $425,000, the B-9 robot from Lost in Space, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, I've handled every great thing you could possibly think of, so, it's really fun, but not everything is super expensive a lot of the things we sell are between one and ten thousand dollars and you can actually buy things for under a thousand dollars it's a pretty big field
1: hmm. Jeez. now some of the things that i mean i've seen i've been watching your auctions uh, over time because i get the you know info because being sent into me and everything so sure. and i've had a chance to look over some of the the uh the information that you've had and like, like, you were naming off those things, but uh, one of the things I noticed was, like, Luke Skywalker's saber. Yeah, his lightsaber from, you know, uh, the first Star Wars movie. It came from
0: Gary Kurtz. Gary Kurtz produced um, the first two films and was George Lucas's partner, and it came from his archives. I think I sold that for a quarter of
1: a million dollars. Whew. So how to I mean, it, it, it is, I take it this is what the show is about, how you find these things? The
0: show is really about... Um, It's a docu-series, so basically it chronicles my life. You get a real good idea of what I do on a daily basis. So basically, my team and I set out to find Hollywood's lost treasures. Mm -hmm. So basically, every episode, you'll find us searching. What, What do we know of leads we're trying to uncover, things we're trying to find? And then you'll travel with us. We go around the world. And we go in search of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We go in search of the Wicked Witch's Hat from The Wizard of Oz. We go in search of Mary Poppins Copper Bag. And you see the process of us, A, identifying where it is, B, meeting the people who own it, C, trying to get them to consign it to us. Then once we get it authenticating, and then with my show, which is unlike all other shows, on television similar to what we do we actually auction it off so you get to actually see what it sells for and then you get to hear back from the person who consigned it what their experience was so you really get a complete you know view of what I do for a living
1: yeah so you're not buying them from the people you're consigning them to sell yes we're
0: an auction house so we we, we just basically we, we take them on consignment and we sell them on behalf of the
1: consigner I see okay
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Okay. Now, um, another piece of uh, memorabilia that you you came across at some point was the original Star Trek uh, commander chair. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, um,
0: It's an interesting story. So, God, it must have been about... Two thousand I get a phone call from a guy named Herb Solo, and my secretary says, "Herb Solo's on the phone. he said he created star trek i 'm like, Gene Rodberry created Star really? Trek, and, he, and he, this guy I get him on the phone he 's so indignant i didn't know who he was. You don't know who I am and I'm like, No. And you know but he did. He was he was the executive in charge of production for Desi Lu and basically one day Gene Roddenberry walked in his office and said, Hey, I wrote this thing, Star Trek, what do you think? Well Herb bought it for Desi Lu, sold it to NBC and the rest is history. So Herb was instrumental and he was there for, you know, two seasons and then he went and did Mission Impossible. So Herb came in and wanted to sell stuff and he didn't really have anything that I was interested in but he said you know but I said to him, Don't you have any other Star Trek friends? So he said, Yeah, Matt Jeffries who's the art director. He's got lots of stuff. So to make a long story short, we sold Matt Jeffries collection, you know, which was some of the greatest stuff from Star Trek from the original series in existence Along that way, I became friends with most of the cast members of Star Trek because of the connection to Matt Jeffries. Then I sold Bob Justman's collection, then I sold Freddie Freiberger's collection, Walter Koenig's collection, Michelle Nichols' collection, uh, You know, and down the list. Mm -hmm. Along this ride of Star Trek, I became friends with George Takai Sulu. One Mm -hmm. day, George called me and said, hey, I was at the seminar. I met this woman. You know, she says her husband has the captain's chair from the Enterprise. You know, the story sounds really good. You should go check it out. Like, Okay. I go up to her house, her husband had passed away, and uh, I said, where did you get it, first thing on the phone? She goes, well, my husband, you know, he was an intern, and when uh, the set was struck, you know, they gave it to UCLA, and basically they threw it away. And I'm like, oh my God, this is a true story, because that literally is a true story. Paramount, the time, took the set scrapped it, called the UCLA Film School and said, do you want it? They said, sure. They sent it down on trucks. UCLA looked at it and said, this is junk and we don't want it, and literally went in the trash. Wow. So this guy had the foresight to take the captain's chair home, and he used it for 30 years as his captain's chair in his bar, and he would sit there every night and have his drinks, and he would command his living room and his guests out of the captain's chair. I sold that for $306,000. Holy cow. So that was one of the great discoveries of my career, because that's what we're looking for. We're searching all over the world. One of the episode themes of our show is we're in search of the ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz. You know, there's a missing pair, so we're out there searching for that pair.
1: Yeah. Now, I've heard the, the different stories about that. Now, they had more than one pair, t- I take it, right? Yeah, we know of we know where
0: four pairs are we know of the existence of five pairs okay so there is in 2005 in grand rapids uh, one of the pairs was stolen actually there the, the, uh, one of the hero pairs the close-up pairs was stolen from the judy garland museum so there's a stolen pair that we're actually looking for on the show we it's one of our beads, when you watch the show you'll find out what i'm doing to recover that stolen pair it's kind uh-huh. of interesting now the rumor is Toto might have eaten a pear <laughs> and then there could be one more pair. So it's possible because when they did the movie, um, Judy Garland, um, when she they had different pairs of different scenes like the the Wicked Witches pair of, of the East when she when she got killed by the house falling on top of her mm-hmm. to give it a more sinister look the heel was a little bit longer so that was specifically the Wicked Witch of the East pair Then y- you'll see that there's a close-up beauty pair that she would only wear in extreme close-ups and there were other pairs she would wear and they vary in size about one size because when she would do the dancing her feet would swell up because the shoes had to be really tight so when she take them off She's got to be putting a little bit larger size shoe. Wow! So, you know, that's the the, the greatest thing in existence, or we with that the most fabled thing in the history of what I do. Other ruby slippers. I mean, those are like you know Van Gogh's Starry Nights of my field. So, you know, we're always and then the Tin Man's costume. I've heard is out there. We're actively searching for that. So, if any of your listeners know where that is, give me a call because I heard it's in Colorado. But we're uh, we're we're looking. The Partridge Family bus could be out there somewhere. We're looking.
1: Well, so so the 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 TV shows and the movie companies when they're done with a the production they just junk or, or back then I'm sure now back then they into... threw it all away well two things
0: happened when back let's back then what back then is in the '60s the studios. They broke up the studios. It was the end of contract players. Right. Up until that time, if you were an actor, you went under contract with a studio for multiple years, and you could only film for that studio unless they mm-hmm. loaned you into the studio. In the 60s, they broke up the, co- the, the entire studio systems changed. like Fox became Century City. They sold all the property off. MGM liquidated a the lot. They hired a company called David Weiss in 1970. He liquidated all the assets of the entire MGM lot, which is RKL, Culver City, everything. So all of that stuff, that's where all the ruby slippers that exist came from the uh, the MGM sale. One of the, the pair that was donated to the Library of Congress came from the MGM sale. So all of that material that came out of Hollywood in the 60s and 70s is out there somewhere, but it's spread to the winds. I mean, it's everywhere around the world, so we're, we're actively searching for things that came from those auctions. And it wasn't until maybe the last 10 years that the studios have actually really, you know, started to, you know, archive the stuff and also sell it I mean there's yeah. there much more we just did the lost auction for ABC really? last year we did the Transformers auction for Paramount and Michael Bay you know so we, we do a lot of that kind of stuff where we work, we work with the studios right now in November November 6 we're actually working with Michael J Fox's foundation Team Fox and uh, Bob Gale who's a good friend we're, ba- we're selling Bob Gale donated lots of things from his Back to the Future collection and we're actually auctioning them off mm-hmm. November 6th with 100% of the proceeds going to Parkinson's research. Wow. So we do lots of things like that where a fan can get an incredible Back to the Future item from Bob Gale that he, they would
1: never get because of, you know, our access. Right, jeez. Yep. I mean, <laughs> this is you know, this is fascinating. Hearing about the, the all the different things like that, it's uh, it's just amazing. Now, when you're doing the show, uh, do you ever come across, and, and this may be you know, peeking into the show maybe too much, but uh, do some of the people not realize? Uh, oh, yeah, they don't realize. What you I mean, have? You're, yeah, one direction or the other. They either
0: think it's worth a million and it's worth ten bucks. They right. think it's worth ten bucks and it's worth a million. Yeah, you're going to be... You, I really urge people, watch the show, not just because it's mine. If you love television or film, you're going to love the show because... They're gonna be guest celebrities, you're gonna get surprises, you're gonna meet people. you know you'd never imagine you're going to, I'm gonna I'm find things in the most bizarre
1: places. It's really great television. yeah. In, in all the time you've been doing this, what's the most unusual place that you found something? The most
0: unusual place that I found something. Um, the carpet bag for Mary Poppins that's in this show. I can't tell you where I found it but if you watch the show it's a really unusual okay. place yeah. no that's fine <laughs> you know we find things I mean you know I, I mean, it's everywhere I mean uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols who is a horror on Star Trek um, I, she called us one day went out to visit her and you know we were going through her stuff and she really didn't have anything left from the show and as we were leaving you know we're in her garage and she's just like I'm like you have nothing and she's like well I think I have scripts so rummaging through her boxes we found her scripts you know in her garage from the original series and all the movies she she thought they were worthless I think we sold them for $46,000 so we find things in garages we find things in attics see the thing about what I do is unlike baseball cards Coins, stamps, comic books, there are price guides for all those things. Everybody knows they're valuable. If your mom has a bag of coins in the house, she knows they're worth something. Mm -hmm. If you have old baseball cards, you know they're. So you've probably checked them out, right? So that's been going on for decades. Movie and TV memorabilia, you could have had an uncle who's a cinematographer who has stuff in the basement, you would know what it was. Yeah. So it's now that the fact that these things are becoming highly collected all over the world that you know suddenly there's people are starting to find them because there's so much of this out there they've been making movies and you know for 100 years and TV shows for 50 years.
1: Mm-hmm. Jeez. And another piece that uh, I remember hearing about um I think it was a couple of auctions ago maybe or maybe it was before that um the original George Reeves Superman suit. Yeah. How did you find that? <laughs> um,
0: actually, the if I get it was a while ago. So the costume Whitney Ellsworth, who is the producer, I hope I get this right, donated it to the the Buena Vista Wax Museum at the time, and it was on a wax costume. And um, it when the co- when the company was sold. The archivist kept the costume or bought the costume from the waxworks and then uh, he had sold it to somebody else and that was the paper trail on it. And then when we got that costume, we actually took it to the LA County Museum and we did a textile analysis on it and actually we're went back and they were able to date the fibers you can actually take fiber and and find by by the by the pollen count in the fiber you can tell how old basically the cotton is how old the thread is how how old the ink is so that one we actually did a textile examination to prove
1: that it was from that time period and that's the other thing is have you ever had people bring you something and it it really wasn't you know it was it was not that dot you know that either oh, sure, all the time Well, people don't know i mean people you know a lot of things are pulls or like
0: you know a guy will say well i worked on this movie and i have this well it is it's a casting but it wasn't it was never painted it was never finished it's real in the aspect that it was made for the production but it was never used so a lot of things like that they were made but they were never used ah. so you have to find things that you know one of the things in the show that we talk about are hero props and what is a hero prop A hero prop would be like if you have um, Mel Gibson in Braveheart, for instance. When he has the sword in his hand, the hero sword is a really well-made, very finished, polished, beautiful, real sword. When you see him running around, he's using a different version of the sword, probably something that's made out of plastic or resin or something because it would be a stunt sword. When he'd do something that required close-ups of the sword, it'd be a hero sword. So we're looking for hero props used by principal players in these shows, whether it's television or motion pictures.
1: Hmm. That's amazing. Uh, Joe, I want to, before we finish up here, I just want to ask you two more questions. It's not related to what we've been doing. Well, it is sort of, but um, you personally, what is your favorite TV show of all time? I would say Lost in Space. Lost in Space. Hey, yeah. all right. <laughs> We've had a couple of them as guests on our show. so. <laughs> yeah, I love Lost in I'm, Space. I'm a Lost in Space fan. I mean, I like Star Trek. But I lo- like Lost in Space better. Yeah. And um, now what about uh, your favorite movie of all time? Wizard of Oz. Boy, you, you were fast. A lot of yeah, people. No, my my list is real short. I mean,
0: it's The Wizard of Oz, and then I would say Willy Wonka and The Chocolate Factory and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow. And then probably Blade Runner. I mean, I, I, you know, I have a pretty eclectic list, and when, we, when you get past Blade Runner, then it kind of turns into, like, the sci-fi stuff, Alien, Forbidden Planet. But top three, for sure, Oz, Willy Wonka,
1: and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Hmm. Well, Joe, uh, I, I strongly urge, and I'm sure you agree that everybody should be watching, the sci-fi channel on wednesday october 27th at 10 o'clock
0: yeah i mean i think you guys will be you know i wish i could give you a money back guarantee but i can't but if you like if you like hollywood and television um take a look you know you're going to get a real glimpse inside of look i'm not a big company i'm a sole practitioner You know, I'm not a super wealthy person, and I've been very blessed in my life, and I just hope that people can see what I do and maybe find some artifacts and help us hunt out these treasures because, you know what? that stuff is out there, and that's what we're looking for. If you know somebody that has something, you know, hey, call us up. We'll come to your town. You can be on the show. We're looking. Mm -hmm. Well, it's
1: Hollywood Treasures. Joe, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. You're welcome. Take care. Well, Joe is a fascinating guest, and I want to thank him so much for taking the time to talk to us. And, of course, if you want to catch his show, it starts October 27th. That's a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock, and again at 10.30. They're going to have another episode, and not a repeat. It's going to be a different episode, so it's going to be two right in a row for you. Hollywood Treasures on the Sci-Fi Channel. Don't miss it. It's going to be a great show. Going to love that one. And let's see, next week we will return to our regular look at remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases. Until then, I'm Brian Zemarak. Take care. <laughs>